Hello East Glenville Community Church. This is Jessica Munn with episode 11 of So, I have a question. And uh, here with me, as always, is Pastor Mitch. Yep, I'm here. Uh, and so this is, uh, we're going to be talking about this past Sunday, which was December 5th, and uh, we had the elders speak. And so I kind of just want to start with my first question, uh, which is, why, Mitch, did you choose to invite the elders to share the pulpit with you? Sunday? There was a couple reasons. Um, one is I, I needed a, a Sunday to start thinking ahead for Christmas Eve and for my next sermon series. So it was helpful to have one Sunday where I wasn't generating a whole message. Mm -hmm. And um, and so that, that was helpful, especially getting ready for Christmas Eve. But even as I thought about it, um, I knew we, we had elders who were these spiritual leaders in the church and they're they're doing the work of ministry, and it you know they may not be able to. They, some of them could have probably given a whole sermon, but I think having you hear from a few different ones, mm -hmm. I just thought that'd be a good way to sort of communicate to the church who some of the the elders are and and what their heart is, mm -hmm. and that they're really, I mean, as a group, the el the elders at East Glenville are men who love love the Lord. Who, who are doing hard work. They're investing a lot of time in, we talk, we're talking about the direction of the church. We're talking about the life of the church. We're talking about people who are hurting and need. And I don't know if that always gets conveyed in just the formal business meetings we have. Mm -hmm. So I think that having them share their heart for the mission that we're doing is something we should probably do more often at, at the church. Oh, yeah. So just to ask you, how did... I mean, we had these different messages. Mm -hmm. Did you see any connection in them? or How did you react to hearing these, these guys, and including me being one of them, but was there a connection to the messages? Yeah, I think I, think I found one. Um, but, but before I dive into, I guess, the theme I saw, which I don't know if it was the same as what other people were catching up on, but I like the fact that like each, each of the elders had a different style that they used. Okay. And... Um, and you know went about what they wanted to explain in a different way and so it helped with like being able to connect uh differently with different aspects of what they taught mm. so i thought that was i thought that was fun it made it interesting um but i actually um kind of came out with a interesting theme and it was just uh kind of the how the church relates to god and using that imagery that uh chuck uh, brought up of the bride and the bridegroom um and so like chuck made it super clear um because he was actually talking about like you know that we as the church are the bride and how we want to prepare ourselves and be ready um for when the bridegroom comes and also mm -hmm. that like we're supposed to have that type of a relationship mm -hmm. um but i think that both don and jim also spoke to different aspects of it because um Oh, and Chuck was also talking about the passion and creativity. Mm. So, yeah, okay. Hold on. I'm going to finalize my thoughts. So I think all three of them uh, spoke to different aspects. So Don... Okay, I'm going to go another. So Don spoke about, um, like, loving God with our whole selves, how we are commanded to go and make followers of Jesus, and making followers of Jesus... and Making followers of Jesus is making people who obey what he's commanded, which mm. is to love God and to love each other. 
Um, and he did a great job kind of breaking that down and explaining where it comes from in the Bible. And uh, one of the things that he mentioned was how, like, loving God with our heart, our mind, our strength, um, like, loving him with our entire being and our whole essence. Right. And uh, just thinking through of how, like, that is actually, like, super intimate, like, loving you with everything that I have. Um, and so, like, that kind of struck me. And it's, you know, one of the most intimate forms of human relationships we have is between a husband and a wife. Yeah. So bride and bridegroom. And then Chuck uh, spoke about the idea of passion and creativity. And, you know, there's a lot of passion. If you don't have any passion in a relationship, especially a romantic one, it often fizzles out. And that's when, you know, um, people fall apart from each other. Mm. And so, and you can bring creativity into the relationship to both resolve conflicts and also just, like, you know, love on each other more. Like, how, you know, it's Christmas time, and so, like, you know, what gift or what action could I do that can show my, remind my wife or my husband, like, how much I love them? Yeah. Chuck didn't, I don't think, said it, but in Revelation 19, there's the the picture of the bride of Christ almost in fulfillment, the final final vision and it talks about she's dressed herself in the righteous deeds and good deeds mm-hmm. and that that's how she's prepared for her so that was the image as, as Chuck was talking that came to my mind yeah 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 so yeah so Chuck hit on kind of that aspect of it and then Jim was talking a lot about like both acting in faith and taking and trusting mm-hmm. um and he was talking a lot about like for his example, his personal example was with finances Mm -hmm. and tithing and how, like, you know, he had to trust that, you know, I'm going to trust God that if I do what you, I feel like you're asking me to do, that you're going to, you know, be with me and not just leave me, abandon me type of thing and Mm -hmm. leave me to fend for myself. And, um, and part of that is also like a sacrifice of choosing like, no, like I'm going to give up my right to my money um, because A, it was never mine in the first place, because you, God, you provided it for me. But also, like, the world says that I deserve it because I worked for it, but I'm going to give it up and give it to the church instead, and, you know, potentially sacrifice getting a cup of expensive coffee every day or something like right. that. And so, and there's a lot of, you know, trust and sacrifice that goes into a relationship as well to keep it stable. Yeah. So, I don't know. That was kind of the theme that I saw running through all of them. Just, like, how, how we as a church should be relating to God. And Yeah. I like, I like how you saw that theme. Um, really, I, I was just at, I asked each of them to kind of speak to their heart for the mission. Mm-hmm. So, I didn't know what each of the elders would come to. Other than Jim, we had talked before about the, you know, his, his message. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I saw how the distinctiveness of them. How Don focused what I would say on just on discipleship, mm-hmm. and that that is a heart of what we're doing, and and Chuck shared about you know the renovating the building and make sure it's a, it's it's when people come, it's ready, mm-hmm. you know, and that's that's a part of the mission, and then Jim, the sacrificial giving and trust, and that so I just liked how each one of them and you know my part was more on the communications. How do we communicate? Yep the 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 desire you know the message and um and what effect that has so um i i do i mean there's the the 
metaphor Paul uses in 1 Corinthians 12 of the body mm -hmm. and how God puts together the parts of the body for his good purpose. And I saw that on Sunday. Yeah. So which is a completely different metaphor <laughs> than the bride one. Right. Um, but both are apt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, that's good. Where do we go next? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think I'm going to... There was something that uh, Chuck talked about. So when he uh, was talking about um, the, when the church renovations were happening, yeah. early 2000s, um, and the life of the church at that point, he, he kind of honed in on that, like, there was something almost contagious about how the church was functioning and how renovating and building the new church building kind of increased um, what where people how do I want to phrase it where people saw God at work I guess okay um, and so it just struck me because sometimes like I've experienced this in my own life and I've seen it in parish uh, ministries and stuff too that it seems like sometimes the the church or just ourselves we kind of ebb and flow like it seems like we go through really powerful, intense seasons, and then other times we go through not as intense seasons. Yeah. Um, so I was just kind of wondering some of your thoughts on that. Like, why why do we have kind of a cyclical uh, relationship, I guess, with Jesus? Well, C.S. Lewis talks about that um, in the Screw Tape Letters, mm. and he talks about it, and that is. We have a cyclical relationship with everything. Mm. You know, we're hungry, we're hungry, we eat, we eat, we're not hungry. And then, it, you know, it's like you can you could do a sine curve on our our hungers or on our interests in things. We get really excited about something and then we, you know, and th there's a, a, a cyclical nature. He had a different word for it and I can't quite remember. Yeah, can't Reciprocal, remember something like that. Um, but... Uh, but that certainly happens in our emotions towards the Lord, and it happens us individually, and it does happen, you know, as a gathered congregation. Mm -hmm. um, to get into the specifics, I, I, I appreciated Chuck's um, sharing that, because I've heard a few other people talk about that same effort, the, the, the goal of renovating and they felt the unity of the church was at its peak and it was operating well and they felt like the most people were excited about what was happening. Mm -hmm. um, but I've also heard other people have different moments in the life of the church that were high points for them. Mm -hmm. And the one thing about a building renovation is very visible. Yeah. And so it could be that that did really help people see, you know, the church is going somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, there may be other very significant things that were happening at other times in the life of the church, but that were maybe less visible. Mm -hmm. You know, when, when the Holy Spirit is in someone's life and new things are happening spiritually, you don't always see what that is. So we, we want to be a little careful in that we don't um, overly focus on the visible mm -hmm. and determine, well, we're doing great because we see these things. Yeah. When really it's the unseen things that may be far more important in what's happening. Um, but there still is the truth of also. Um, now, of course, now that I'm here, we're on the upswing. We, you know, we, we can be assured of that. But, you know, who knows yep. where the Lord has us. Um, so have you experienced that, you said, in your, your times of ministry where 
times it feels like it's just happening and yeah i i there's one story where i just it's still forever ingrained in my mind so there was this one meeting we had where like it was one of those things like you could just tangibly feel that god was in the room type of thing like and you know the um my friend at the time jordan he was like I have never played the guitar that well in my life. I have no idea what just happened. <laughs> and, like, it, we kind of ended in, like, this, like, really powerful time of prayer. And and it was one of those things where we would we would talk about it afterwards. We'd be like, oh, we got to play, like, you know, the song we the song we ended with was uh, Build Your Kingdom Here. Okay. Um, by Ren Collective, I think. And so it was one of those, like, whenever that song came up, we were like, oh, it's that song from that night. Like, yeah. And, uh, you know, we would say phrases like you know yeah god really showed up tonight type of thing okay and uh i just remember like you know i was talking to another university staff and mentioned you know probably that exact phrase and something about that night and like hoping being like oh i hope we can like you know keep that momentum going and repeat it and she was like well what like what do you mean god showed up that night doesn't he show up every night right and it was just one of those like oh like, huh. And so trying to rephrase it from being like, oh, God was actually there to being like, no, like God graced us with a more tangible understanding of his presence that right. night um, just because he wanted to. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, that's I, that's one of the like, as you said, one of those yeah. moments that impacted me a lot. And I, and I think it's it's also knowing what I hear your staff person suggesting is. It's not just about our feelings towards mm-hmm. God. You know, we may feel closer, but he is already closer to us than our, than a brother. You know, yeah. like he's, he's drawn near to us and probably at our lowest moments, he may be closest to us and we don't even sense him. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, but cool. Okay. Um, so another question, um, so I'm going to move now to your section. Okay. Um, and you had, so you kind of broke down and had your, are they steps, points? I don't know what. Um, uh, we could do steps. Okay. They, they were more just points, but I, yeah, <laughs> let's go for steps to make it simple. Okay. Yeah. So kind of the, um, the hope is that at East Glenville Community Church, like, people will, A, like, notice Jesus, then explore Jesus, seek and come to find Jesus, and then follow Jesus, grow and become rooted in Jesus, and then share Jesus. Yes. Um, so I was kind of wondering, and you said your friend kind of gave you those, some of, helped you. Well, he was sharing for his ministry, and I'm like, oh, that's so good. Yeah. So I steal a lot of stuff. I, I okay. unashamedly, if, if someone says it well, I will incorporate that. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, uh, okay. So the question is, uh, back in October, you had done, um, your one, you had done vision Sunday and then a couple of talks kind of explaining the vision for East Glenville. And so I was wondering if you could kind of connect these simplified like bullet points back to some of, um, (laughs) the sermons. (laughs) This is so much simpler than what I try to do back on vision Sunday, isn't it? I think if my friend would have, uh, if I'd have had that conversation before then, I might have gone with this, um, the the notice, notice, explore, seek and come to find, mm-hmm. follow, grow and become rooted in Jesus, and then share Jesus. But the, it is connected to that that vision I have. Um, I think the difference is, is this is 
what would be happening in people's lives out there mm. versus what what are the things we are doing to foster that. Right. So I think that would be the distinction. Um, but, you know, I, the one of the strategies was the lampstand strategy. And that is just the idea that God plants a church together. People come together and bear the light of Jesus in, in our lives and in our actions and our worship and everything mm-hmm. we do. And the hope is then is that people would come to notice Jesus, right. be drawn, and as a lampstand, then it's a place where people can explore Jesus, that you can come and investigate before you're ready to commit. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if I said that as much this Sunday, but that's the idea of explore, is is you, you need to be able to investigate. It, it's it's good and right to ask questions before you commit your life to something, you know, if it, yeah. if, if faith in Christ is like a marriage. Yeah. If we're like the, you know, then you should think it through. And so sometimes it's important for churches to leave room for people to do that, to not necessarily, mm-hmm. you know, hit them too quick on making a life commitment before they've had the chance to explore. So, mm-hmm. so anyways, that's part of the lampstand strategy and that people ultimately would seek and come to find Jesus because they see the light of Christ um, and so that's, in a sense, a good chunk of our strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one I had was the um, earthen vessels. Yes. That God uses us as jars of clay, simple, earthy, normal people living out in the world. And so that is connected. This is as, as you follow Jesus, as you grow and become rooted in Jesus, then you are sent out and so that you might share Jesus. Mm-hmm in your, 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 your spaces, wherever God has you. And so those two main ones, I think, fit with this. And it would have been so much easier if I just started with this. <laughs> I, I think I'd have confused people less. It's okay. But yeah, but there you go. We had good conversations after. Yeah, we did. Um, no, but yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I think, I think it's almost nice. I, Okay. I think it's nice that you went through and took your time and explained it first. And then uh-huh. we could kind of, cause then when you, ex, you know, you could summarize everything now with these couple points and we'll be like, Oh yes, we talked a lot about all of yeah. this. And, uh, it just makes it easier to explain it consinctly instead right. of talking about jars of clay and. Ships. And it wasn't, I think it was a worthwhile exercise yes. and working it all through. Cause it wasn't just that Sunday. We had groups that met and talked, and you were part of that. And yeah. trying to think, how how are we specifically, East Glenville, called to do these six things mm-hmm. yeah. and enable these six things to happen? And we're still got to work on that, you know, on how to how to empower those. But I think we now, I'm, at least I'm getting a better direction mm-hmm. of how to point people. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so I want to follow back around. Um... Because I think we have time still. Yes. Um, and so, uh, just kind of a side question, I guess. But talking about uh, kind of the structure of East Glenville and, like, the significance of us having an elder board and their purpose. And if you could hit on that a little bit. Sure. But first, I have a question oh, for you. Yes. <laughs> what different kinds of churches have you encountered? Is it... Um, as far as leadership structure, because I think mm. I want to compare East Glenville to other churches. And yeah. what what would you what have you seen? 
Yeah, so I think all of the churches I've been heavily involved in um, have all had elders, um, but they all had it a little differently. So, like, East Glenville has, you know, there's the eight, well, eight elders, including you, technically. Um, the church that I grew up in, by the time that I had moved out of the area, they had two somewhat functioning elders. Okay. Um, and so the elders, like, existed and were there, but it was really the pastor who was... Predominant. Predominant and yeah. making all the decisions and really running all the things. Um, and then I had um, the church I was a part of in college. They had... They had elders... Actually, did they? I should have looked this up. I think they had elders and they had deacons and deaconesses. Um but they also had more than one pastor. Okay. And so they had, so you, you know, the group of pastors would make some of the decisions, but then also like the elders would then get involved in other decisions type of thing. Okay. So I'm not, I'm not as sure how they divided that exactly. Um, but there was, there was always a group of them. It was yeah. never, there was, there technically was a head pastor cause you need someone to make a final say at times type of thing. And, right. But, um, and do predominantly, most of the leading, but, uh, there was always a group of people kind of okay. working on it. So yeah, those are the structures I've been. So of. those are not too different. Right. Um, they may have ended up in a different place over time because churches evolve, but let, let me give you the, the four types of churches and the best way to break it down to is almost all churches have a pastor mm -hmm. who's teaching and leading the worship and, you know, or that kind of thing. Who does the pastor answer to or who, who in a sense, works with or oversees the pastor? Mm -hmm. So let's, you know, one kind is, is what would be called the Episcopal Church, which actually the best example is the Catholics, okay. right? The priest answers to the bishop yep. who answers to the pope ultimately. Mm -hmm. So who is making sure that the priest or, you know, the Catholic pastor is yep. doing their job? It is, it is a bishop. bishop. It is someone outside in a, in a denominational structure. Mm -hmm. um, and then you have, well, I'll jump down to then we have a congregational church, which is us. Mm -hmm. And they elect elders. And so the elders are people from within the church, often taught, you know, people who are not working for the church, mm -hmm. who then, but are, are seen as they, the, the qualities of a spiritual leader. They, they meet the requirements of scripture for um, their, their heart and, and their love for the Lord. And, you know, talks about being full of the spirit and full of wisdom and mm -hmm. the different aspects that, that Shay, that they're, they're, they're able to, to guide others in their relationship with Christ. That's, that's the biblical thing for an elder. And so the pastor joins and becomes one of the elders. Mm. And so, um, that you know the pastor who now is the full time responsibility of teaching, um, but even there, all the ultimate authority comes down to the congregation. The congregation elects the elders, mm -hmm. local elders. The congregation calls the pastor, mm. and so that's why we'd be called a congregational church. In between, there's a few other variants. You have a Presbyterian style, okay. and Presbyterian means elders, uh -huh. so. What's the difference between Presbyterian and Congregational? They both would have elders. Mm -hmm. But in a Presbyterian style, the elders would also 
be have authority over other churches. In other words, there'd be a regional group of elders okay. and pastors who then would oversee. So in a congregational church, the pastor mainly answers to people within his church. Mm-hmm. In a Presbyterian church, you might answer to those, but you would also answer to this regional group of elders right. known as the presbytery. Okay. And and so it's still not quite as hierarchical as the Episcopal mm-hmm. style, but it's there. And then the most, I won't say common, but the church that has arisen the most recently is I just describe it as entrepreneurial. And they're usually churches that were started by someone who's very dynamic. Mm-hmm. And they build their own church. And they may call in elders, but the authority still almost always rests with the church planter yeah. or the, the, the main person. And, and, and so the one church that they're talking about is Mars Hill. Almost all of their elders were people who were also pastor paid pastors Got it. rather than people who were, um, you know, had a separate job, mm-hmm. you know, and it's a different thing. I think when you're an elder, who relies on the income you get. Right. I, I think you, you need elders who don't need that income. You know what I mean? Like that. Mm-hmm. So, so anyways, th- I think there's some dangers in the entrepreneurial church, which is what we're discovering. Cause most of the mega churches have become like that. Yeah. And, uh, does that help at all in the, the four yeah, no, I different think... styles of churches? Yeah, I think it does. Good. Um, I'm sure we've confused everyone who's listened to us up to this point, <laughs> but, um, I doubt it. <laughs> And I'll just say, I, I've come to believe the rightness of the congregational position. Mm-hmm. Um, that God gives his spirit to all his people. And so even those who struggle and, you know, the average Christian in the pews who loves Jesus still has a role in the leadership of the church in that sense. Like the, mm-hmm. the, the that it's not just the ordained elders who decide everything, that and I think in a good congregational church, the elders and the the congregation, the people are, in a sense, they're in a relationship themselves. Mm-hmm. They're having to figure it out. The elders just don't dominate right. and demand. And they just, you know, they'll say, here's what we're doing to come with us or not. Mm-hmm. It is, we believe how God is leading us. Let us try to persuade and teach you. Yeah. And the, the people may argue back, but. That's why you you have to have a seven week series on how to deal with conflict, <laughs> but I think that gets where God wants us to go. Yeah, and that's how and God works through. I still love that that verse in Acts four or three, where Peter and John are before the Sanhedrin, and it says they were amazed because they they saw that they were ordinary men mm. who'd been with Jesus. Mm-hmm. I still believe God works through ordinary men. And women who've been with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's how he, he does his work in the, the world. Yeah. That's almost a sermon right there. Yeah, you could do yeah, one. I could. But no, I, I, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it makes the, yeah, words are hard to Sure. Make. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. I think that that was all the questions I had. Um, did you have any others? No. See what we had. Um, so that was kind of a one week break Mm -hmm. and we're getting back to the, um, the grand miracle. 
Yes. This Sunday. So this number number two in that because we did we talk about the first one? Yes. We yeah. Talked okay. About the first one. Yeah. So through one people. Yes. How how God rather than working with all nations equally picked one people through whom he would teach him teach all his ways and himself and then through them he would bring the Messiah. Mm-hmm. So this week it's on um through one woman. That in order to, to come into the world, in a sense, as a baby, he would be born of, of a woman. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to talk a little bit about Mary's role, but also what does it mean that the God of the universe came into this world as an infant, as a baby? Mm-hmm. So I'm excited. I get I get jazzed about yeah. like theological and just digging into this. So there we go. That's, that's our preview. Cool. Looking forward to it. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you as always, Pastor Mitch. And uh, we'll talk to everybody next week.